episode 73 of the Never Ending Glory podcast, and gentlemen, I'm dead in the league from the Ville. That's it. That's it. It's a wrap. Josh McCown did not lead me to victory last week. Rue likes rap dropped down to three and six, and uh, Jerry, you're right ahead of me. But Sean, tonight, you know, we're talking about the graces of you and uh, what's going right with your squad. Grace, <laughs> Grace of Sean Z. But before we went into this uh, this this episode, we started talking about. I came out with a hot take that I picked third overall. And I picked Antonio Brown. I'm never taking a wide receiver ever again. First in the first round, it just does not work for me for my strategy. And we're seeing it this this uh, year with with uh, arguably my worst season ever in the league from the Ville of the ten plus years I've been in the league. But you had some hot takes about what we can look forward to next year in the draft, and obviously we're going to keep on talking about the 2017 fantasy season. But for those looking ahead to 2018, Sean's got some hot takes he wants to pontificate on. So Sean, go ahead. So you're whining about, I'm never doing that, I'm never doing that. It's like a little whiny little biatch. All I'm saying is, is this is different. Like, And next year is going to be much the same. Other than like two or three running backs, and even then, as Burris found out with David Johnson, you can't count on these guys. So it's not the LTs and the Steven Alexanders and these guys, Priest Holmes, that you just had. Steven Alexander. What, what, what the hell was his Sean name? Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. Steven Alexander. <laughs> Like Who is Steven fan? Alexander? <laughs> I, don't is know. A, I feel like he's someone important. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, Joe Alexander played West Virginia basketball. But uh, And I went to high school with that kid. But um, no, I, what I, I guess what my point was is you just never know where, where some of this stuff is going to pan out now. You could have taken Jay Jai in the first round like somebody we know. And literally he got traded in the season. <laughs> was, you know. All intents and purposes, the year before was a healthy scratch. He's only had three good games in his or four good games really in his entire career. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a crapshoot. Like I said at the beginning of the year, like I said when I was zero and two, that now I'm I don't even know six and three. So like, sweet. And I, oh, yeah, so I'm awesome. awesome. I know that. But what I'm saying is, is fantasy sucks, and until everybody <laughs> just understands that. And quits like paying attention to stuff and allows me to just dominate on my sheer skill. Like, mm. You know, if 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 luck wasn't part of it, I'd win every time. The Zustin Bros never lack confidence, but I want to pat myself you on the back like, real quick. You sound like Phil Helmuth. Well, like that, Phil Steve, Helmuth. That's, that, that's how I model my fantasy game <laughs> after. Phil Helmuth. Huh? Steven Alexander was a tight end uh, for the Washington Redskins oh. drafted the second round of the 1998 NFL draft. Don't think he was ever a uh, first or second round pick in fantasy leagues, but I disagree. You know, next year, you're going to see a lot of running backs in the first round. I mean, Todd Gurley, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. I think all those guys are sure things. Um, whereas this year, there were question marks of the Jai, Jordan Howard, uh, Devonta Freeman. Uh, a lot of running backs had a ton of question marks, whereas there was really just uh, the big two, and that was Bell and Johnson. But And, and you're right. Obviously, David Johnson went down with the injury uh, early this year. But I, I think next year's landscape will be – the first round will be a lot more uh, – a lot more user friendly, I think, and there's going to be a lot less room for for error. Um, in the second, third round is where you know you, you can start to to have your mess ups. Where I, I had mess ups in all three rounds this year, but uh, that's you know besides the point. Um, but this is we are going into week ten of the NFL season. It feels like yesterday we were talking about draft prep, but nope. Week ten, uh, we saw some great games last week uh, by Jared Goff, uh, turning into one of my favorite 
players to have in dynasty leagues. I invested in him early uh, this offseason. 311 passing yards, four touchdowns against the Giants. We talked about the uh, the Rams a few weeks ago, Sean, and your brother Mark still doesn't believe that they're anything more than you know a gimmicky offense. Uh, he still does not think they're the real deal. I know the Giants were without uh, Janoris Jenkins this week. He was suspended, but uh, you know Jared Goff shredded that team, and I think a lot of it has to do with with their new head coach and obviously figuring out a way to work with Todd Gurley. But are the Rams for real? Like, are you buying in on the Rams being a very very or the best offense in the NFL? Because that's what they are right now. They're not the best offense in the NFL, but from a fantasy purpose, if you've got an offense that is you know, hovering in that top five range, then you're pleased by having, you know, two or three guys on, on that roster. Um, interestingly enough for the Rams though, other than Goff, Gurley, you know, there's, there's not kind of that bell cow receiver. I think, you know, if you've got some Cooper cup, you know, if you've got Watkins, but you've also, he's laid some stinkers too. So it, it really kind of depends, but I, for their offense, because of how they spread it around, you know, Higby got a touchdown. I think, you know, Jerry, you had that last week with the, yeah, uh, last with week. the, with the sleeper. So hey, squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. So, they I spread mean, around. I think what they have five different receivers score touchdown and one, if you count the girl, was a pass, I believe, but uh, four, no, four well, touchdowns, four touchdowns yeah, last yeah. week. Right, and, and uh, Robert Woods had two of them, and Gurley, I think, had one or two. Um, but, oh, no, I'm sorry, Sammy Watkins had one. He had the 67-yard touchdown. But that's the crazy thing, and Sean mentioned this, Jerry, but the, the Rams traded a second-round pick for Sammy Watkins, and I feel like they, they really haven't been able to use him all that much. He, he, he'll lay a, lay an egg one game, and then even this game, he only had one catch. Granted, was for a 67-yard touchdown. But is that something to be said that he came in late because they got him late in the, in the, off, in the uh, preseason? I think the the – the case is going to be made in this offseason. Sammy Watkins, like, is he more of a, leaning towards the bust area of, of, of a career? Like, obviously, he's got a lot he can still do, but, like, the freak that everyone thought he was coming out of Clemson, maybe he's not in the NFL. Um, he's just another guy. There's a lot of guys that are explosive and, and uh, can do what he does. And I think a little bit has to do with coming in, you know, midseason. But I don't see them doing anything that's like that crazy. It's not like he's walking in the Patriots system and trying to get you know be an underneath receiver. Like they throw the ball downfield, a little play action, and and get the ball to Todd Gurley. Like I'm not, I'm not sold on it's. It's just the team. It's not just him. I think it's a lot of different factors. Right, right. And I thought they would try to get him a little bit more involved after the bye, but apparently, again, one catch isn't isn't what I expected. But, you know, hopefully moving forward, if you invested in him in fantasy, um, that he'll still be able to put up numbers for you. I know in our Dynasty League, Sean, he just recently went for what's going to end up being probably a top five rookie pick next year. Uh, and I think that's still Shocking his value. It, it was shocking for a lot of reasons, mainly because the team getting him has eight wide receivers and zero running backs. <laughs> um, but that's besides the point. Uh, but, you know, still his value seems to still be there in trade. Uh, you know, just maybe it's just the name alone. Uh, you know, the Rams spent the second round pick on him. So I think they plan on using him long term, try to sign him to a contract. And, you know, maybe the foot injuries might be sapping some of his skill. I don't know. But uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Uh, but it is pretty impressive what this offense is doing. Another player that's really impressed this year and is a guy that I picked up, I think, in the second week in one of my leagues, is Alvin Kamara. Point pounder running back for us this week, 68 rushing yards with one touchdown, six receptions for 84 receiving yards and a touchdown. And not only, you know, 
Kamara was the afterthought after the big four rookie running backs, Leonard Fournette, uh, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. But recently he's outplayed all those players as well as Kareem Hunt. Uh, So I think we're seeing a historic running back rookie class. But Sean, and we're going to talk about the rest of the season expectations about these rookies later on. But do you think that Kamara has a chance at being the best rookie running back when the year is all said and done? Oh, I don't think any question. I think as, as Burst would probably attest to, Kareem Hunt has fell off the face of the earth of late uh, as as teams have kind of schemed around some different things that Kansas City has done and kind of started to limit them maybe a bit and were just his overall usage and production. So there might be a rookie wall hit there. They managed Kamara through the early part of the season. This is now kind of the home stretch or kind of the, the, the sweet spot. It'll be interesting if they kind of go more to Ingram. I thought they were actually going to go more to Ingram in this game, particularly as they got up. They didn't, but that's a nice little one-two combo to have there. Um, now, Kamara fumbled this past week. Ingram fumbled twice the week before, so that is something to monitor. But overall, I mean, you have to like what the Saints do offensively. They stretch the field with, with their receivers, the bigger receivers. They've kind of revamped their offense from from a stylistic point of view. And certainly, I think it benefits, you know, passes out of the backfield, both to Ingram, but but particularly to Kamara. They just find ways week to week to give him the ball. You can book four or five catches, a lot like McCaffrey, only they run the ball more consistently, consistently right. with Kamara. And I think that uh, Kamara also has a little bit of what – um, oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. Who is the running back in Buffalo who went to Florida State? Was LaShawn McCoy's backup? Uh, Carlos Williams? Yes, Carl, he, a little Carlos Williams to him where you run LaShawn McCoy for five, six plays, and then all of a sudden the defense is tired, and Carlos Williams came in, we get a seven, eight yard or a long touchdown run. I feel like Kamara has a little bit of that where he allows Mark Ingram to beat down the defensive front a little bit, and then comes in and mops up and gets a nice long touchdown. But he Look at the game last night. Having an offense that gets first downs, it's it's kind of odd to, to, to simplify it this much. But Green Bay can't get points from fantasy because yeah. they can't get first downs. They're brutal. You can't get first downs when you throw three-yard passes or right. two yards behind the line of scrimmage because you have a quarterback that isn't an NFL quarterback. He refuses right. to throw the ball downfield. He'll throw one every once in a while, but it's got to be like literally the everything – the stars completely aligning – and then the receiver has to go make a play. And it's kind of like an outfielder standing out there all game long and then gets hit a scorcher at him. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really frustrating if you've got players on the Packers right now and you almost take for granted 12, you know? Right. Yeah, Jordy Nelson uh, has taken a huge hit for me the past few weeks, as has Devontae Adams in a couple leagues. Um, but, but Jerry, let's talk about Kareem Hunt real quick because – He's close to your heart. Um, you know, is he hitting a rookie wall or is Andy Reid just being dumb? Because he got 13 touches this week, which he's one of your more explosive players on this team. He averages five plus yards a touch. Why is Andy Reid giving him the ball 13 times when they obviously need him to win a game? I feel like it's more on Reid, but everyone knew going into the season, Reid feeds kind of the hot hand. You know, they have so many of these versatile receiver running back types. Um, you know, Thomas and Hill, they all can play, you know, in the slot, line up in the backfield. Hunt can't really do that the way they can. He's not as explosive. He's he's more the bell cow back. But 13 touches was a little criminal this week. Um, right. you know, simply ravishing, who's, you know, going through a little <laughs> bit of a name change situation right now. Um, we we felt we felt the burden of, of Andy Reid's wrath there. Um, going forward, 
you know, I think it's going to be kind of that hot hand situation where, you know, if, if Hill's flowing and they can get in the ball in a multitude of ways and they're going to continue to, to get Kelsey, you know, the ball and shovel passes and little RPO stuff, it's hard to put a lot of, of valuation on, on, um, on Kareem Hunt going forward. Like, you know, if you're only going to get 12 to 15 touches at the tailback spot and you're supposed to be an RB1, mm-hmm. um, that's that's going to be tough sledding in your uh, your season. Well, Their defense can't get stops. Right. It's like the bank. The Bengals had like 36, 38 plays or something asinine. If your defense can't get stops and they're on the field too, it just creates more challenges for your offense. And mm-hmm. that was a big thing with last night in the Packers. Could not get Stafford off the field. Right. And so, you know, third down statistics. There's some of these hidden things that you look at for your defensive team, for guys that you, you may be stacked on. We've got two or three guys on that roster or at least two. You've got to look on the other side of the ball too. And it really does become a, an opportunity grab when and where appropriate. And if your team can't get off the field, you're teams not your offensive guys aren't on the field right and i going back to the chiefs real quick i think what can ha- what will help them and definitely help cream hunt is they are on a bye this week so if he was trying to you know kind of wearing down from the grind of the season a late season buy could be fantastic for him could be exactly what he needs to to get back to being a 20 plus touch guy uh, and, and hopefully Andy Reid realizes that they need to utilize him as, as they were earlier in the season uh, in order to be successful. Uh, Sean, another rookie running back that I want to talk to you about real quick. We, we mentioned his counterpart, Jay Ajayi, but Corey, Corey Clement, we thought he might be the odd man out after the Ajayi trade. So there's now Garrett Blunt, Ajayi, and Wendell Smallwood in the backfield room along with Corey Clement. But this week, he had three touchdowns, two of them receiving. Does he have any value moving forward, or is this more of like a, a Jonas Gray type situation where it was a flash in the pan, one great game, and we'll never see anything from him ever again? I, I'm actually going to say neither. I think it was uh, an ideal circumstance because Denver barely tried, and they got <laughs> brutal boat raced. So it gave him opportunities that I don't think otherwise he will have. Mm-hmm. So I think you're managing reps. They didn't want to throw a giant completely. You know, you back down Blunt a little bit. Um, so I, I, I would say neither, and um, that he probably still he's going to have a role. But depending on certain games, I don't think he's a consistent starter unless there's an injury or two, um, or you know, a guy misses a team bust or something. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I- I would never tell anybody to pick him up um, in a redraft league. In a dynasty league, why not? If you get the, the last spot in your bench and he's probably a free agent, I say go ahead and pick him up. But a guy yeah, who will I not think be he's a- worth the stash in that regard. I mean, right. the guy's knees are well documented. Right. Smallwood, you know, they went he's out and n- traded for a guy, and then they yeah. could have handed him the keys. And it's not like, you know, Blunt's, uh, you know, a long-term forecast or option for them. Mm-hmm. Let's finish up these point pounders uh, real quick. The bipolar season of T.Y. Hilton continues. He had five catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. And one on his 80-yard touchdown, he uh, pretended to be down for a second, and the Houston defense decided not to touch him. He got right back up and scampered for 40 yards and a nice touchdown. He's hit or miss each week, but I, I, I will say this. I think Jacoby Brissett's looking a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Uh, and obviously he will be the starter for the rest of the season as the uh, the Jim Ursay-led uh, Colts decided wow. to put him on the IR after week nine, which sounds like a genius move. Why wait till week nine, right, Ray, Ray Sean? Uh, well, I mean, genius and Jim Ursay will never go together <laughs> unless like he's a genius at swallowing tons of Percocet. 
Um, <laughs> then I guess under that, then he's Albert Einstein. Mm. Uh, this guy, some of the pictures going around. <laughs> this guy this sucks. Guy, he is something else. Um, <laughs> you always blame Grigson. Sometimes mm. you know you take the cue from your leader, and the, I, you hear all these reports that Andrew Luck can't be happy, uh, and you know he he could he may not be long with the Colts if if he has his say or his way. Uh, and and Ursay's doing nothing but but further trying to kind of alienate the situation. So uh, I think that's that kind of adds a wrinkle to things. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ursay's always been a clown. He'll continue to be his clown. His dad was a dick. He threw a bunch <laughs> of shit in a trailer and just hightailed it to Indianapolis and then left that rat hole to take our team. So, you know, Cheering. everything kind of comes back to the Browns getting crapped on. I kind of blame his old man for the Browns losing and then therefore losing our squad and then therefore losing the Super Bowl. There you go. Jerry, um, who, who, who knows, who's the, maybe the guy from Akron? The two guys from Akron doesn't die, don't die because Ray Lewis doesn't kill a local couple guys. <laughs> allegedly, you know, allegedly. With them, and they might allegedly. drink Alice AIDS at the club the whole night. <laughs> um, Jerry, uh, to the car wash. <laughs> how close to being a shit show are the Indianapolis Colts to the Cleveland Browns at this very moment? How close are they are compared to the Browns? I think you've still right. So the, if, quite the if goal. the Browns if if the Browns are a ten at shit show, shit. you got wait through. You, they you need gotta, to go through Andy Dufresne. Dufresne, yes, yes, okay, perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was gonna say it's kind of like crossing from <laughs> Texas to Florida in a Gulf of shit, but uh, Andy Dufresne crawling through it is that's a good description. Um, Ursa is a clown. The, the comment coming out, he said something along the lines of, of uh, it's in. Andrew Luck's head. This is more of a, in his head than it is an actual injury today. I read. I mean, are you serious? This is your franchise you're talking about, and you're going to treat him with these kind of comments. This guy's a. You jerk. have to appreciate though. He's never had shoulder injuries that he hasn't been able to highly, highly <laughs> intoxicate to numb the feeling. <laughs> I've had shoulder injuries, not even to the degree that Andrew Luck has. I, I'm telling you guys, like I'm super leery. I think I said last podcast. That said, if any of this gives us a chance to maybe get somebody at a discount, like I, I'm all for at least you know throwing it out there and seeing if we can get a motivated guy and Andrew Luck. Like if he were to check out, then all of a sudden we have a lot of ammunition to be able to throw at an unhappy player and maybe an organization unhappy with the player. So. As much as I said last week, I'm also intrigued a little bit, too, because now I'm starting to read into maybe this is the dumpster fire at the top. And he's saying, why should I go out there and play if I have to run the risk of getting hurt this year? We'll right. just sit on it and we'll figure let it me, out in the offseason. Let me put this on the record right now. Nothing would make me more happy than having Andrew Luck doing Mr. Hero commercials in Cleveland. Let's go. <laughs> Bring him here. As long as he doesn't have to like do a throwing motion for, we got to save all of the potential reps as possible. Like, don't have throw him, the sandwich. You know, cheat up and hit it like Happy Gilmore or something. <laughs> and they they also somehow have to figure out how to include his flip phone into the uh, into the convert into the um, advertisement as well because oh, it's twenty seventeen. Sure hungry for Mister Hero this week. I've got quite a crunchy jerk. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's what, what, is that, is that oh, Buffalo no. Bill from Silence oh. of the Lambs? Like, what? <laughs> Andrew Luck's he likes, the he likes, the big, he likes a big fat person. He's still, he's still trying to do it. He's still trying to make it work. 
the ship is sinking, Jerry. The, all right, let's move on to uh, the last point pounder for the week. Jared Cook, eight catches, 126 yards. Don't go pick him up. He stinks. He just he sucks. Um, injuries this week, Des Bryant, sprained ankle, sprained knee. Keep an eye on that. He might be out. I don't think he's going to miss this week, but you never know with a sprained ankle. Zach Ertz had a hamstring injury. He is a week 10 by this week. So fortunately uh, he'll have another week to rest that hamstring. But Sean, Jameis Winston is going to be shut down for at least two weeks with this bad, with this bad shoulder. Um, Is this something where, you know, it's the hard knocks curse. Last year we saw it with Jeff Fisher and the Rams and our favorite topic last year. And this week or this year we're seeing, the the Bucks just being absolute dog shit. Uh, two and six right now. Their offense looks terrible. Mike Evans is blindsiding people and getting suspended for games. Um, it's just an absolute clown show there. But is Jameis Winston, are you concerned about his shoulder injury moving forward? Oh, I think you have to be concerned about the shoulder injury. I think they're they're actually erring on the side of prudency and what the Colts probably should have did with luck over the past couple of years at some point is sitting him down. This line can't block. It's atrocious. Now, I'm not going to sit here and apologize or or defend Jameis Winston, I should say, for the goofiest, stupidest pregame speech. We gonna eat this W. We gonna eat this I, W. Oh my god! That, that's now how you I'm do an worse. impersonation, Jerry. That's, that's oh an god. impersonation. Um, <laughs> well done, Luke. So I, you know, I, I've I've kind of been an apologist at points in time, but I've yes, also kind have. of called a space. I said he should he should have been suspended against Clemson, even though when you contrast it of what he actually did, it probably didn't warn it. I ju- you just get exhausted with it. So um, was it the crab legs issue? No, that was that was the, that was the uh, grabber by the uh, what you call or whatever. Oh, yeah, grabber by her vagina. Yes. Well. Or hit right in the – I don't know oh, whatever yes. the kids do in college yes. anymore. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm a get-off-the-lawn old guy now. <laughs> um, but So whatever that was, he stood up and you know everybody else was doing it, but he did it. But at the same time, you're a quarterback. You just can't do right. that. You're the leader of, of the team. Um, so I, I won't you know, kind of try and find any avenue to defend. I, I thought Deshaun Jackson would be effective for them. They don't find ways to get him the ball. They also – I think – the story here, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on a pod, is John Gruden is going to be that coach, is going to be their coach. And it's going to happen at some point after this season, I think. All of the stars are aligning, and the fascinating thing was we're going to replay that hard knocks when Cutter, after Gruden left, was like, gosh, that guy doesn't want to come back or anything, does he? And like, right. it, it, was a, it was a sarcastic comment because of how locked in Gruden was in trying to coach those guys up. He's got an office down in some office park in Tampa that I would love to just go and visit. We actually need to send Farky there. Go, yeah. Yeah, I've so we just up. need to send Farky there. I think um, that's a great idea. Uh, and, and, you know, get out on the road, the NEG out on the road. So we'll have to talk to them, him about, you know, maybe doing a little beat re- reporting for us. But I, I think that is a lock to happen. I just it yeah. makes all the sense in the world. And it would be fascinating to see how he makes that transition back, because mm. I think you can tell he's pining for it. I would love yeah. to see that happen. I don't think it would. He's locked up with ESPN, making quite a bit of money, and he is a drug addict. He's locked into his little. He's no, wait, not, wait, wait. not literally a drug addict. <laughs> yeah, figuratively a drug addict. He's a drug addict in the sense of he's got the office where he can go and bury himself in tape. He has access to every single team's film. 
there's no reason for him to go back and actually go through the grind of. Oh, I disagree. The bullshit, I, he's the a bullshit of the media up. and all that stuff. I there's, don't think he's doing it, man. There's something about the smell, the grass, though, and the yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, that's early. the control of a team, the roster build, the after like uh, Jerry. I'm very surprised that you went all the way up to I the point. To, and then the dude, conclusion I, you drew. No, I is, used to think he was every year going to be back somewhere, and I've given that up completely. Like I don't think he's going to coach again. So, so what's going to happen, Luke? He's going to be on a roster. This offseason. Right. Be and draft. more importantly, though, this way. he is in a draft room when we're doing the draft pods. I like that. Put, but more importantly, on that? We can, we, let, let's put a bet on it. Let's I'm, I'm all for it. that. Okay. I'll, this is assuming that Cutter gets fired. If Cut, Cutter has to get fired, I don't if, know how the hell he's going to get if fired. Cutter, if Cutter gets fired, you, you're going to say John Gruden's coaching the Bucks. I'll take the field, name the bottle of bourbon, and uh, we'll put it on there. Let's do a sixer platform. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> now, but really, I think... and then pee on your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need is we need more Deuce Gruden um, on the sidelines, especially in Southern Florida, so you can really just let those guns fly. Because uh, you you want to talk about a hard ass strength and conditioning guy, and that's Deuce He's Gruden for you, and and. Well, he should be the, then. He should be the head strength and conditioning guy for Tampa Bay when uh, when his father John takes over that team. But if you haven't seen Deuce Gruden, I suggest you Google him. Um, he definitely crossfits and he likes to lift no. weights and wear very tight shirts. No, he he, I know, he, 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 he probably look Googles anything like CrossFit, him. I know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Tampa Bay shit show right now. Again, hopefully, uh, Jameis's shoulder injury isn't that serious, but. With this season going absolutely nowhere, and I think the big thing we talked about earlier in the season <clears throat> with Hurricane Irma and the the Bucks losing their bye week, I thought that was a huge disservice to them. And now we're seeing it that they were supposed to have a bye, I think either this week or next week, and that would have been a perfect time for Jameis to get healthy. But they don't have that now, so now they got to turn to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, if ESPN hasn't told you already, he went to Harvard, but they'll let you know eventually uh, next time he's on TV. But now they're forced to be with their backup quarterback. So, you know, and, and Fitzpatrick is serviceable. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Deshaun Jackson gets a little bit more involved with, with uh, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's – well, Evans is suspended, so I think it's right. tailor-made for a big game there. But yeah, I, I, just I think, think you get a lot of throwing the ball. Well, Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic is just going to close his eyes and chuck it like he always does before he gets concussed because the defensive lineman's is coming down the pike at him. Um, Jameis, I think, was was more likely to either throw it away or underthrow his receiver. But Fitz, Fitzpatrick will just let it fly. That's just what he always has done. He is the definition of a gunslinger. So fantasy-wise, I don't think all is lost in Tampa Bay. If you're a fan of the box, then your season's over, and you should probably look towards 2018 because you're going to have a top-ten pick. Uh, but speaking of the rest of the season, let's talk about some guys, uh, some rapid fire, to to see who you guys like a little bit more moving forward. Um, this is going to help, obviously, in the playoff push, and if you're, you have your trade deadline coming up soon, you might want to make a trade for one of these players. But surprisingly enough, I didn't expect this this year. Carson Wentz is the number one fantasy football quarterback. Sean, who do you like more for the rest of the season? I understand Carson Wentz has a bye, so let's talk week 11 on. Carson Wentz or Tom Brady? Who's your pick? Tom Brady. Do I even have to explain that? Tom Brady. 
I mean, I think you do. I think Carson Wentz is going to go through a little bit of butthole tightening period, and that's <laughs> that's a scientific term. He's coming mm. back around. He's going to be playing teams he's already played in the division two. Um, and Brady, yeah, I have to go Brady here as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean Brady's going to be Brady's going to face the same exact thing. Um, you know, I. I I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to say Carson Wentz is, is oh. the player to have for the rest of the season. Oh. Is that because you want to trade Brady? Like, why why would you do that? I'm, I, I'm trying to think with my brain and not this my This is heart. a reverse jinx. This, this is, is Patriots reverse jinx bullshit. Well, no, here's my thing. I think that, you know, he's got Dallas Week 11 who doesn't have – this is Carson Wentz. Dallas Week 11, Chicago Week 12. He has to face Seattle, which isn't great. He has the Rams, who their de- their secondary isn't fantastic. He's got the Giants, who just got shredded by Jared Goff. Then he's got Oakland Week 16. So I just I, I think it comes down to the schedule, and I like the schedule a little bit more. And also the Patriots wide receivers are banged up right now. Um, uh, Chris Hogan is got a shoulder injury; he's probably going to miss this week, possibly next week. Danny Amendola is uh, a fart away from tearing his ACL. You never know with him. And then you know Gronk is Gronk, and hopefully he stays healthy. But again, you never know with him. So I I, I just think Carson Wentz is just dialed in. He's going to have one of those seasons. It'll be like a Matt Ryan season last year, where he's going to potentially be the MVP, be dialed in all season, and then uh, once it comes to the big game, I think that's when we'll start seeing the butthole tightening. But um, I'm going against the grain here, and I'm going to I'm going to say that I like Carson Wentz more than Tom Brady for the rest of the season. But if you dangle Tom Brady in trade talks with me, I'm, I'm obviously going to bite at it. But, uh, Jerry, next one up, I want to talk about Adrian Peterson versus Lamar Miller. I think they're two pretty even matched players right now, uh, similar values. If you had to pick one guy for the rest of the season, who are you going with? For the rest of the season, and I don't have the matchups in front of me, I'm going to go with AP just because I think that there's nothing else that they can do in the Houston Texan offense to – to help Tom Savage and just turn around handing it off. They're going to be facing a lot of eight-man fronts. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals still have weapons on the outside that they have to deal with. So I think you're going to see Adrian Peterson um, overtake Lamar Miller. So I would go with him the rest of the season. Sean, what do you think? Uh, unquestionably on in my end as well. I, I actually think Dante Foreman started to get a little bit of burn as well. So I think that's going to work against Miller. And he's just – He's never really shown consistent, you know, high level delivery of, of, you know, fantasy statistics and numbers. And I, Arizona's in a weird spot. This is a big Thursday night game. That's a tough turnaround for Seattle. You know, Peterson, he, he gets loose a little bit. He can, he can wreak havoc, but then he gets a little bit of an extra rest heading into the following week. So right. I, I think actually it could set up nicely. You, you play him this week, and you got a nice kind of turnaround over the next couple of weeks with these maybe a touch fresher than, than most of the other teams. Mm-hmm. And, and Adrian Peterson is a definition of a point pounder last week for us, especially in the league from the Ville where we get a quarter point per carry. Um, 37 rushes, which was just crazy uh broke a record for uh most rush attempts for a player over 30 last uh, ever obviously um but i'm gonna go with adrian peterson as well i think he's gonna be more of a focal point of that offense whereas like you guys mentioned lamar miller is very inconsistent his yards per carry is pretty brutal uh and he really needs to get a, a touchdown or two to be you know a serviceable running back in, in fantasy so i'm gonna go with lamar miller as well but let's talk about uh cam newton versus matthew stafford i think both these guys are 
maybe boomer bust is, is a good way to talk about them. I feel like some weeks Matthew Stafford has four touchdowns and scores you 30 fantasy points, and then he's maddening and gets you maybe 15. And that's really just been the definition of Cam Newton, except his floor is a lot lower than Matthew Stafford's. So, Sean, if you had to pick one of those signal callers for the rest of the year, who are you going with? Um, Stafford. I mean, yeah, that's it. Stafford or Newton, right? Right. Stafford. They they can't run the ball, and Carolina has with their offense now. I think actually is a little bit more predicated to run the ball. So mm-hmm. I just look at it like he's going to get more chances because of their deficiencies in other areas. Mm-hmm. Jerry, what do you think? Luke, you don't want to jump on the Titanic with me. <laughs> No, I mean, when Sean's you lose a player like Kelvin Benjamin, the, the Titanic will still move on, right? Sean said Cam the words said. out of my mouth. I was going to say they can't run the ball in Detroit, which means my boy Matt Stafford's got to get, <clears throat> got to throw the ball. We got to chuck it. We got to move the ball downfield. That's the only way they can do it. I take him. He was there. awesome yesterday he again, too. Really he has well. some games where he's unbelievable. And right, you know, I know there's guys. There's there's a lot of people that are like, oh, he hasn't won anything. Calvin Johnson left, and he took his team to the playoffs. Like the there is something to be, I think twice now, because they lost to the Saints and they lost a BS game against Dallas that they actually mm-hmm. went in there and I think should have got the W, but mm-hmm. they had the, the phantom call or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I I think Stafford's, a, as far as kind of like an elite level quarterback, he's right on that cusp. Um, he's also putting up gaudy lifetime statistics. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I've talked ill on Cam Newton for a while now this season because I invested in him and he has done nothing but burn me this season. But I think the Kelvin Benjamin trade is going to allow them to do a little bit more of what they expected to do when they brought in Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. Uh, we saw both players get more involved on uh, in week nine. And for some reason, they keep giving the ball to Jonathan Stewart, which is just going to make me vomit because it's just so disgusting to see him run up the middle for two yards and fall down and or fumble. So, um, I think they're going to do a little bit more with Cam Newton. I think they realize they have to run with him, too, in order to maximize his value. And, you know, obviously they run the risk of him getting injured, but he's finally 100% healthy for probably the first time in two years. So I think that they're going to continue to use Cam uh, any way they can. And with the good comes the bad, obviously the wide-open receiver is that he – airmails 10 feet over their head is is going to give me uh, even more receding hairline uh, due to stress. But we're also going to see Greg Olson come back in the next few weeks. So I like them to improve a little bit better, uh, a little bit more. And um, I just have no faith in Matthew Stafford uh, moving forward. Um, but rookie running backs, we talked about uh, one of these guys earlier. We have Leonard Fournette versus Alvin Kamara. As we mentioned in the opening, Alvin Kamara was an afterthought from the top rookie running backs. Jerry, if you had to pick one of these running backs for the rest of the season, are you going to go with the Leonard Fournette who just came off a suspension for missing team picture and uh, other team activities or the upstart Alvin Kamara who's just getting it done not only as a runner but also a receiver? I like what Kamara does in the passing game. I think he's going to get you four to six catches at least um, per game. And, you know, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be the bell cow like they want Fournette to be. So I think – he comes in fresh. He can do a little bit more in the screen game. Um, I think that equals out to a higher point total per game going forward. I personally like Leonard Fournette uh, to go to be better than Alvin Kamara. I think he's be more consistent. I think he's you know the goal line back 
hands down, uh, whereas Mark Ingram is still going to have a role in New Orleans. And maybe this extra week's rest is going to help him out because he was injury prone in college and he had that ankle injury uh, a few weeks ago. So I personally like Leonard Fournette to be the the bell cow. But Sean, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are in between these two. I'd have to look at the schedules, actually, because I at first my gut instinct would have been give me Kamara. I just I know what you guys are saying, but I feel like at times if Fournette doesn't get touchdowns, uh, and in that offense, it's not. I'd rather take the more explosive offense and the player from that offense that has a defined role. And not to mm-hmm. say the Fournette doesn't have that. I just, you know, they can have games where they don't score a touchdown, right? Through the rest of the year, and I would just, I'd feel safer having Kamara. But I, I can understand that point. I'd have to really break down the schedule and and how kind of teams and defense rush defenses and pass defenses they're playing against. So. The inter- the interesting thing is is Leonard Fournette has scored a touchdown in every game he's played. So uh, obviously, yes, he is touchdown dependent. Um, I mean, he'll still put up. You know, he had the one game against Pittsburgh, he had 181 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So he'll still put up yards most games. But in week two, week three, uh, he needed that touchdown to to save his fantasy day because in week two he had 40 rush yards, and in week three he had 59 rush yards, but he scored a touchdown in each game. Um, I can quickly go through the schedules. And, you know, off the top of your head, you can tell me who you think might be a better option. Does that work for you? Let's go. That's fine. All right. So Leonard Fournette's got uh, the the Chargers, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Colts, Seattle, Houston, and San Francisco left on his uh, fantasy football schedule. And then Alvin Kamara has Buffalo, Washington, the Rams, Carolina, Atlanta, Jets, and Atlanta left on his fantasy schedule. Um, So Fournette. yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think Fournette's got like that that schedule. I mean, it, it is a little hair, but yeah, I mean that it's it's too easy of a schedule for Fournette. I mean, candidly, right. San Francisco and Houston in Week 15 and 16, I think, are what you know fantasy championships are made out of. Uh, and then Week 13 versus Indy is a, is a really nice matchup as well. And then your Cleveland Browns are going to have a hard time stopping him, I think, um, in Cleveland uh, on November 19th. We'll be sneaky. We'll be sneaky. Hopefully the weather's bad. Let's see how uh, old Leonard plays when uh, you know, he doesn't yeah. have that, that, that warmth all around him. Yeah. Here, here's the disrespect. It's a hostile environment. There's every bit of 23,000 there decked out on the ground. But here's Loaded the disrespectful thing of, about about the Browns and Yahoo. So we look. We you know, I don't love projections by any means, but you take a look at Fournette's projections, and even though the Browns have a pretty good run defense, you can't say a lot of good things about the Browns, but they have a pretty good run defense. They still have Leonard Fournette projected to score the most against the Browns as compared to the Colts or the, the 49ers or Houston, who all three teams have been absolutely shredded by running backs the past few weeks. Yet the Browns still get no love, no respect whatsoever from the, the powers that be at Yahoo. How does that make you feel as a Browns fan, Burris? It's just lazy. It's a lazy thing. It's, yes. Browns. Yes. Just, uh, uh, 32. Is it, really <laughs> la- is it actually lazy? I yes. mean, is it, is it? Okay. We don't, we don't have any kind of foundational data that would conclude that, you know, he might literally run wild against us. So, we, so you're saying that, you know, not, it's not been our performance, like the consistency in which we deliver on a week to week basis is just, you know, so pronounced that, God forbid that they would project that you know a guy would have a career day against us. <laughs> are you on. saying are you saying that me saying that the Browns being the worst defense uh, every week is being lazy as well? 
No, I'm saying that you're you're saying Yahoo's being lazy because they're not taking. I don't believe they're taking that far of a leap based on what I've seen thus far through this season. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Any rebuttal to that? No, because like I can't defend these guys. They're, they're undefendable. They're just they're they're terrible. They're terrible. They are. They're pretty bad. Not they're going over sign on. This is yeah. It's not a hill worth dying on. No, it's just not. move on to the next hill. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the next hill. Do you guys have uh, Sean? You got anything you want to talk about that's that's you know been on your mind in regards to fantasy football uh, for the for the rest of the season? We covered how great I am. I mean, obviously that's well, yeah, been on clearly. my mind. That's, sure. that's been looming. Uh, I I had this thought. We got Zeke. We got these suspensions. We got you know the wife beating. We got all these things. The ESPN show of playmakers, right? <laughs> Everybody said how outrageous it was. Any given Sunday, how outrageous it was. Tell me what factually is inaccurate when you hear and read about Josh Gordon smoking and drinking. Like, yeah, the guy did crack in the parking area. But <laughs> is it that much of a leap? Because at the time, they're like NFL got all pissed off. Like, oh, you can't do that. And like, and yet, all of these things have kind of happened. Concussions. You know, a uh, homosexual uh, coming out, and you know the locker room dynamics, uh, the running back that aged and beat his wife and then got demoted for the crack smoking startup rookie that just explodes onto the scene, but then doesn't show up for things and gets suspended. Like everything that happened in that show, looking back, is kind of like holy hell. It's that all, was it's almost all come true, all spot on. It's all come true. Yeah, that's probably why ESPN. That's why ESPN or NFL wanted ESPN to cancel it because they knew it was all true. We're just waiting for the gay player to come out. And and it is a nightmare to try and find it on the internet. It's on YouTube. Is it all on there? Because I tried to look a little bit ago, or um, not recently, but like a few months ago, and I had trouble finding it, like full episode blocks and things like that. I'm pretty sure I know that. I know that the uh, that the our rival podcast, part of my take, talk about watching it on on YouTube all the time. Yeah, I mean, ga- episode one, game day, forty three minutes. Episode two, the piss man, forty five minutes. Episode three, the choice. <laughs> Everything <laughs> was fantastic. Four, the choice I loved part that two. show. And then you know the NFL kind of you know laid the hammer down. But look, oh, yeah. look back on that show, every arc had something defined, and it's even more realistic now. How about how about the the most impressive thing about it is that omar gooding from uh wild and crazy kids was the, was the star running back yeah he was the crack smoker <laughs> startup yeah what a take. man went from what most- a take <laughs> if you can name all right if you can let's double down on this bet sean i'll make it a 12 pack if you can name all three of the hosts of wild and crazy kids starting with omar. Oh, oh, i can't i can't i, 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 can. I was too busy playing sports and being cool <laughs> <laughs> if you i Jay, did i will um, say this don't I can, think I the Zebros didn't didn't like put in for getting on double family double there. Like, oh, yeah, we wanted that bad, and we would have literally <laughs> sacrificed arms to win those things. What was the one show as a kid on Nickelodeon growing up that you wish you could have been on? Double there, I just double told there. you. Were you just that, that? That was number one. Yeah, that was that, or the one where they went through like that temple and they found stuff. Basically, Legend anything that tore temple. rooms up or made yeah. messes, you I was on board. That. See, See we were I'm too, all we were about... a little too old for guts. Um, as much no, as I was we're not no, 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 we were You're gutless. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> what do you mean we're too old for Guts? We, Don't we, we weren't? We were a little too old when Guts came out for the uh, yeah. age group. We used to no, Memphis Matt. Memphis Matt. He's 40, but got us. Like, Memphis Matt still give, sends me texts like, let's go to Mo. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> Mo was this woman that would like, she was the cutting edge we know Michelle Tafoya of decades Mo before. To us. What's that? <laughs> No, True I'm story. telling the listeners. I'm telling the listeners that Mo was like Michelle Tafoya decades before. You know, women empowerment and women in the media. Like she Mo was wearing was a men's pin- referee shirt. Put <laughs> her at the top of the aggro crag when it comes to female sports announcers, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> True story. In college, we we used to watch uh, guts on like the Nickelodeon, like his. I'm uh, not History Channel, like the Nickelodeon, Gans like. Games yes, yes. Channel. Oh, yeah. Yes. We used to on bet. We found used to bet in college on, so do we. on that stuff. So do we. And we also one time Sam found Sandblast. I'd love to have given a, but Sandblast start, started to get like way too intense, and I would like have ruptured every ligament in my body. <laughs> we actually found a girl on Facebook that won a piece of the aggro crag, and we tried to friend her and tried to, uh, you know, message her to, to no avail, but uh, we still tried. And th- those a people diva. do exist. What a diva I, she is. I <laughs> but I, I, Guts, is, Guts is my go-to. Guts and, like, um, what's the one, like, in Toys R Us where you got to run down the aisles for, like, 90 seconds? In oh, it's like the sh- supermarket sweep yes. for kids. Okay what, okay, what is your strategy in that? Because my strategy would literally be go to the video game section, get every single video game I possibly could in, in system. I don't care if there's multiples. Because I'd be Luke selling running stuff to the black market. Luke runs to the video thing. There's a key you're supposed to grab to unlock the cabinet. He just takes <laughs> a big wheel and smashes the glass. <laughs> See, that's what I would have done. I I I I'm not I wasn't a huge toy person because again I, I I played sports I was actually cool. Oh um, <laughs> drive. But here's where I actually pivot back into being an old man is I, we loved supermarket sweep. We'd always get pissed when they didn't go to the twenty five dollar hams and max yes! those bad boys yes. out oh. right out of the gate. Then Jesus. you go to your prime rib. Like the thought process that people had were so stupid. The, right. the strategy was always an epic failure. Ham, so the video games, ribs, the video games would be. Oh yes, but the video games would be the ham. I mean, that, that's the ham of Toys R Us. What else is more expensive than a two hundred something dollar friggin' the wheels? Of you cheese? know, Sega Genesis, Final Fantasy. You know, oh, collector's edition number six and seven. Like Ten spell power swords, shoot spells at people's nutsack. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 is a legendary game, and the disc I still own could sell on eBay for $100. So take that. Cool. Ooh, great, <laughs> breaking news out of UCLA. Uh, two things for you, Sean. Josh Rosen not making the trip to Utah this weekend, and LaMelo Ball is involved. That's not in breaking news. That was out earlier. No one cares yeah, about that. that breaking news six hours ago, Jerry. Oh, I'm just now uh, coming across And this. Are you sure that you see... Oh, they're playing Utah, you said. Utah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. No one cares about that game. That we. I'll put it this way. That's not on our week 11 games to talk about on the college <laughs> podcast. So. It's not? Oh, okay. No. But I'll Speaking say this. That, I'm fine check, with check shutting Josh Rosen down. Pods. Hey, Josh, I want you wrapped in bubble wrap for the combine and for the workouts we're going to put you through because you're going to be a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Oh. If he shuts it down for the rest of the year, I'm fine. We'll talk. Draft, the, 
I do this like this. I'm telling you, had, had the Zebros been on Double Dare, there would have been some like epic level performances from an athlete. Like the level of how hard we would have went, like <laughs> diving and running it, like unprecedented. Like, oh, look at that kid. He's trying really hard. No, 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 no. We're, we'd be the Pete Rose of Double Dare, <laughs> period. Mark would probably been, been betting shocked. on the side. We'd have been running like bookie boards and stuff. Like, I'm telling you, we would have been full scale Pete Rose. <laughs> oh my god we, I think we really personally I would have loved it. to have seen those two on there because I know like Mark screws up like trying to grab the flag out of the nose and Sean's just <laughs> screaming at him Mark screaming Mark at him. Mark <laughs> well, you should see some of the, the home videos he's chasing around with a baseball bat and a bucket and all sorts of stuff I, I honestly don't understand how your parents just didn't leave you guys by the side of the road by like 1991. We were the Osbournes before the TV show came out. There were Anybody th- there that's ever came I, to the house, swear, that's exactly how that was. There were times I swear <laughs> being at their house, I was literally fearing for my life the way they were screaming at their at each other. <laughs> fearing for my life. My God, it was it was. Yeah, awesome. you've always been soft. That's been your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, Sean. We've seen that menacing uh, middle school or sixth grade wrestling photo. Oh yeah, yeah. We have to. <laughs> we got to tweet that from the pod. He won't let me. Jerry oh, won't let me. Wow. There's certain. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just, got a family to think about. Yeah, there's certain things that just need to stay. Right. You know. Personal. <laughs> All right. Well, this, what this, about uh, fire football? Can we? Can we have that one? Oh, absolutely. That can oh, go out whenever it wants. <laughs> oh, fire away on that one. Hardo Burris. Send that to me, and I'll, I'll be sure to tweet it out. Um, but I think, guys, I think that uh, while this this conversation has been thrilling, and I'm sure our, our listeners will get a better idea of uh, how the Zustin Bros grew up after this, um, I think it is time to call this episode quits because uh, from fantasy football's perspective, it's been a few minutes since we talked about the strategy. Yeah, we didn't hit point pounders. We'll have to tweet that stuff out as well as we'll our uh, this guy sucks and sleepers because I actually haven't given it thought because now I'm so focused on Mark. <laughs> Mark Summers and Double Dare, <laughs> and uh, and Jerry's looking for episodes of Playmakers on on YouTube as we speak. So we will tweet those out at Glory Podcast. Uh, we might send them out on Never Ending Glory Podcast as well and Facebook. Uh, you can email us any questions you might have at negpodcast at gmail And of course, we will be posting this on DynastyFootballWarehouse dot Be sure to subscribe to that website. They'll give you all the best fantasy football in Dynasty football information to get you ready for not only this week but also the next few weeks. So, gentlemen, uh, again, Sean, I really don't wish you any luck whatsoever in anything in life or fantasy football. But, Jerry, I I kind of hope that – no, you know what? No, I don't wish you luck either because I don't want you to beat me this season. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, So, gentlemen, have a good weekend, and uh, we will be back next week to talk about Week 11 fantasy football and get you ready for that playoff push. Browns cover. You watch.